0: Greetings and welcome to another edition of Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This week we're going to continue our journey through Star Trek The Next Generation. My friend Audrey and I are going to sit down and talk about Season 2. She just started watching the show recently and I grew up with it, so we're going to examine Season 2 through our different points of view. Before we jump into that conversation, I just want to say a few words about the final Mugatu show that happened a couple of days ago. Mugatu, for those of you who don't know, is my band that I've been playing in for the last uh, three or four years with Barton McGuire and Dan DeRosier. It's really intense, awesome, explosive music. It's a bunch of harmonized yelling and dudes jumping around and, and fishnets and butterfly wings. We call it glam punk, even though Dan doesn't like that, but I like it, so I call it that anyway. Uh, it's the most wonderful band I've ever been a part of, the most incredible experience to play with these guys, and our final show was so epic and I really just wanted to say thank you thank you so much to everyone who came to the show I hope some of you are listening to this so I can express my real true sincere intense gratitude for helping me live out my greatest rock and roll fantasies all in one night uh having people go crazy packing the house I mean it was everything you could ever hope for it was in the top two experiences of my entire life and I'm just so grateful to have had that experience Alright, now that we got that out of the way, let's get into some Star Trek, here we go! excitement
1: i feel so weird when you look at me and yell at me like that <laughs> <laughs> i can't handle it give me the whiskey
0: audrey let's fucking do this <laughs> okay
1: give it just give me i'm gonna audrey let's fucking do it oh god oh god whiskey is disgusting <laughs> so
0: it's like oh. the. it's uh it's oh three in the god, afternoon it's so
1: good I Audrey mean, it, and I had
0: this idea that we so were going to do a podcast with just tea yeah and, that you know, didn't not even, drink whiskey. We
1: didn't even make the tea before we decided that wasn't going to
0: Yeah, the leaves it. are dry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally just sat down like, well, I guess we should just drink whiskey anyway. So here we are. Yeah, and we're just drinking so, straight out of the bottle. You know what? All
1: pretense went out the window after that first podcast with me on it, which I hope the folks at home listen to because we're entertaining as fuck. Entertaining as fuck. We are so entertaining. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) At
0: at the very least, we entertain each other. I know. That's enough for me. that's good enough. Yeah, that's enough for me. I'm satisfied with that. But, yeah, let's warm up a little bit before we jump into Next Generation. The cool thing about this is that last time we did all this introduction stuff. We don't have to do any of that today. We don't. We can just ramble for a minute. I'm
1: Bonnie Quest now, though.
0: Yes, that's what I wanted to mention. Yeah,
1: I'm not Audrey the Great anymore. I am now Bonnie Quest.
0: A lot has happened since we recorded the first episode. We drove to uh bellingham together to see the northwest heat music video thing that my video was in yeah and in the car we decided that your new stage name was bonnie quest bonnie
1: quest
0: bonnie quest and it's solid
1: i burped um yeah i really like it <laughs> yeah i really like it i'm starting a whole new project it's going to be collaborative with several djs uh between here and germany and la uh, are going to be producing for me. So I'm going to write the songs and they'll produce for me and it's going to be awesome and uh, I'm going to do a whole launch of my new persona in the next few months and I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. i excited to see what you do. Cool. Uh, the other big thing that happened is that we watched Ant-Man...
1: Oh my god! <laughs> I was thinking about that movie long after it was done. Yeah. I really loved it. It was I really fantastic. It. I don't know though. Sometimes I wonder if it's just like my boner for Paul Rudd that like blinds me to like whether or not it was good. Like
0: your boner's so big, it's in front of your face. Yeah, so you can't actually yeah, see I the movie. can't
1: actually experience the movie because my boner is covering my face.
0: Yeah, it could be. I yeah. mean, it very well could be because um, he it, was he was in fine form. I God loved it, this movie so much. I can't stop thinking about it. So <laughs> s- slightly spoilery. I mean, this this podcast is no. incredibly spoilery. Yes. Yeah, but the scene where they're like in the the suitcase falling out of the sky.
1: Oh, and Siri goes and on. And Siri goes on. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Brilliant. That movie was solidly funny. My my favorite part about that movie was how funny it was, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Like, you know, I think that it stands alone in the other Marvel, from the other Marvel movies, it stands out with how... How funny it is and not just kind of gimmicky funny like Guardians of the Galaxy, but like properly funny. I don't know yeah. how else to describe it. And I like gimmicky funny. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. It's top three. But like, yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked how funny it was.
0: It was very yeah. funny. At, at a certain point, I started to wonder if it was even too funny, which <laughs> is <laughs> no, great.
1: Not for me. I, you can't have too funny. I love funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a very solid entry. I mean, I'm, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've seen all of it, including all the TV shows, uh, and I thought it was just a super solid entry. I thought that, um, oh, God, my brain is... So
1: here, what's have his some name? more whiskey.
0: Hank, Hank Pym. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I thought that Michael Douglas yeah. was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And the CG in the beginning of the movie to de-age him was astonishingly good. Yeah,
1: that was really cool. Yeah. It's a cool movie, folks. Go watch it.
0: I'm a little... I'm a little surprised it's not making more money than it is. But part of me likes that because part of me is happy that there's this, like, underdog in this gigantic universe now. Like, Ant-Man is now kind of the underdog.
1: Right, Where right. I feel like when
0: people go to see it, they love it. But may- I think maybe this summer there was a little bit of Marvel exhaustion. Yeah, we, we kind of have an
1: overload right now. Yeah, yeah, and there's
0: so many great movies out right now. I mean, Jurassic World is still playing – And then Star Wars is coming out later in the year, and people are so pumped for that. So pumped. Oh, man. So they played the preview for Star Wars on Ant-Man, and Audrey had never seen it before. And I got to, like, sit next to her while she was, like... Screaming. I get like
1: emotional. She, <laughs> I, just, think like, I think you cried. I think you rolled right a now. tear. You I were get uh, so emotional. Yeah. Oh my you god. Avoid I can't trailers. even think about it. I, yeah, I don't watch trailers very often because I hate that there's this new trend in trailers where they're just showing you the entire goddamn movie, um, and I really, I just hate that. Um, So I try not to watch any trailers unless I'm in a movie theater. So I put off watching the Star Wars trailer until I saw it in the movie theater. And it had been months since it had come out, right? Yeah. And uh, I finally saw it on Ant-Man and I just lost my shit.
0: It's such a good trailer. (laughs)
1: I'm just just so giddy. I'm so giddy. (laughs) I (laughs) can't even think about it without freaking out. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, I'm... (laughs) I'm so excited for The Force Awakens, and I feel silly because I was so excited for The Phantom Menace, and it crushed my heart.
1: No, but you learned, but you can learn to love again. It's,
0: you know, I yeah. feel like I didn't learn. I didn't learn to be cautious with my heart, and now I'm just, <laughs> I'm just ready, I'm ready for it. I mean, like, my That's legs great. are open, and I'm ready for Star Wars to just <laughs> fuck me silly, you know?
1: <laughs> it's gonna be great.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be great. Well, let's have some tea. I, we're gonna, we're All drinking. right, let's
1: go ahead and have some tea, then.
0: Since you can't see us right now everyone else yeah. uh we're sitting we're around both, a little table on yeah, the floor we're
1: wearing loincloths only
0: yeah uh i've completely shaved my head and i'm wearing full body makeup and we are sitting around a little table on the floor that's not true i didn't I, i'm not wearing body Why makeup did, what sorry did I, I ruined i ruined what it.
1: the shit man we
0: you didn't jump on board so talked, i thought you were no
1: i was waiting <laughs> i was waiting to let you Forget it. (laughs) Um, it. What is Fantasy Audrey (laughs) dressed as right now? Uh, I'd be wearing a fur bikini.
0: Oh, good call.
1: Yeah, and I would have the blood of my enemies smeared on my face.
0: Who are your enemies?
1: Well, I can't tell you that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fair. Uh, So we're sitting around this this little table on the floor, and I've got my, my little tea set. I have a Gaiwan, which is a Chinese, like ancient Chinese, like way to serve tea. I'm such a nerd. He, it's, I'm it's, just
1: looking at him like he's yeah. such a douchebag.
0: Right okay, gaiwans <laughs> were invented in the Ming Dynasty. It's oh kind my of god, exciting.
1: so boring. I'm so bored.
0: Uh, but it's like my favorite way to brew tea. And then you have this little bamboo, like wood table that you brew the tea on, and then you can like rinse the tea and dump it. It's it's very it's very relaxing. I don't I'm sure I don't do it right but I'm really into it. Yeah. So let's Fraser let's here.
1: Fraser here is going to brew his special tea. My
0: bike is right in the way. I can't get the tea <laughs> onto the tea, all right. Let's try this. I don't even know what type of tea this is. It came in an unmarked thing,
1: but it's oh. really really tasty. What if it does some cool mystical shit like freaky Friday stuff? Oh my god, if we could body switch for a day. <laughs> oh what would i do i'd fuck bitches
0: you'd fuck bitches i
1: would fuck bitches
0: well that would make one of us
1: i know how to i know how to get into ladies pants smell that let me see here well in that case
0: you're gonna have to tell us how you get into ladies pants no i can't do it
1: without a wiener this
0: is now a completely different podcast audrey (laughs) explain to everyone how to get into ladies pants
1: you just talk to them like they're a lady I don't know how to describe it, man. I can't just teach it. Otherwise, I'd write a book and get rich. Like, you just have to, like, know how to talk to women.
0: You're not helping at all.
1: No, I, to- I told – I'm not here to help you get into ladies' pants. <laughs> I'm here to talk about Star Trek and drink your whiskey.
0: Well, we can still do that. I mean, that's yeah. still the plan. Oh, man, I also wanted to say – uh I haven't even said this yet, but, like, thank you so much to everyone who's listening to this.
1: Oh, yeah, you guys, um, Jesse has been getting mad listeners, yo.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah,
1: and and it's all because of you. Tell um, the world.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because it seemed like fun and is so much fun. It seemed like fun and then is fun. But uh, but the fact that people are listening is really awesome and very exciting to just keep going with it. I've got some really, really cool shows coming up. Uh, if anyone has heard the podcast, Turn Up the Lady Bro. My friends just started this podcast, and it's, it's really great. Uh, it's about feminism, dating, snark, and legit smarts, and horror movies. That's really interesting. It's good stuff. But they're going to come on the show, and then we're going to... My, my big episode that's coming up in September, we're going to put Star Wars Episode One on trial, and we have a panel of four people plus me, and we're going to tear that movie apart. Uh, but the, the point of this trial is going to be to see if we can let go of some of our anger. Uh, the prosecution, we're going to be talking about how the movie is just kind of irredeemable, and the, the defense is going to be trying to prove to us that the movie's not as bad as we think it is, and we're just holding on to our hatred, and we need to let go. And I would love to lose this trial. I would love... To be able to let go of some of this hatred.
1: I hope so. Because you really hate it. Really hate it. I worry about you sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I worry about me too for a lot of reasons.
1: But it's so um, hot in here. We're drinking hot tea. I'm on the fence though. Uh, I'm like right in the middle uh, when you talk about that. Like I can see why one would think it was irredeemable. But I'm one of those people that need to be persuaded one way or the other. You know, like I'm not sure yet. There are things that I liked about it. Well, so I can't wait to hear that episode. That's going to be amazing. Yeah,
0: that's going to be fun. We're going to have uh, some good people. It's going yeah, to be a good time. It's
1: going to be cool.
0: Well, let's let's jump into uh, Star Trek. Let's do it. Let's we're do here it. to talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation season two. Uh, if you listened to the first two episodes of the podcast, Audrey and I talked about the first season. Uh, we're eventually going to get through all seven seasons, and this is part two. So let's do it. Season two. Go. Tell me all about it.
1: Okay. So, um. It was quite some time ago when I watched it. Yeah. Um, but I remember a lot of it blending into season one.
0: Quite some time ago being like Audrey Hummingbird time, which is <laughs> like four months ago.
1: Yeah, that's quite some time ago for me. Um, I, so, you know, I was probably really high for a lot of it. and pot. <sighs> huh. So, um, you know... We're gonna have to go through each synopsis and yeah. and figure out exactly
0: how I yeah. feel about
1: it. I do remember seasons one and two being a little underwhelming compared to the rest of the series.
0: I do agree with that. Yeah, um, there's stuff I love about it, but it is there it's a very cool different things.
1: show. There are cool things. Um, yeah. Episode two in that season, I just rewatched actually. So did I. Yeah, the void. Is that where Silence two? has Lease? Is yes, that episode two? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good really one. Really good, really good stuff.
0: Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, I just remembered something else that's really important that I have to say. Okay, we created this is,
1: this is just you and me all over. Like, we can't just keep We're, one. Yeah. No,
0: this is on topic. <laughs> this is on topic. Uh, okay. <laughs> we created a new Star Trek The Next Generation fan.
1: Oh, really? Who?
0: Yeah. Uh, Audrey, my other Audrey.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. She, Dude, we, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> she started watching the show that's, because. That's so cool. She,
0: uh, enjoyed our podcast <laughs> so much.
1: That, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. That. To tell your friends.
0: That wasn't the goal,
1: but that's it was my goal. the goal. That's my Like, goal. I
0: didn't realize it was the goal until it happened. I'm like, oh yeah. God, that is, <laughs> that is the goal. Drink your tea. You're missing Oh, out.
1: I didn't know that we were supposed to start.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm pouring another cup. Oh my
1: God. Holy shit, you guys. Um, I'm definitely a coffee person. Coffee and alcohol person and cigarettes.
0: Yeah. I'm a green tea and jogging person.
1: (laughs) Why are are we besties? I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense.
0: Because we need to balance out. You're a bad influence on me. I'm a good influence on you. And then we become normal people. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like,
0: when you watch Frasier, they're just such, like... They're both such pompous assholes, like Frasier and Niles, that they just keep I'm each in other... i love with Niles. ...keep each other going, and they just get more and more pompous and more and more <laughs> assholey, you know?
1: Exactly. That's good. Um, that's some
0: good shit. That's good shit. So for this episode, we're going to do it a little different than we did for season one. Uh, for some reason, I had it in my mind that we needed to go off of memory and just look at the Netflix descriptions, but... There,
1: you got greedy, Jesse. I got greedy. <laughs> I mean, how, how can you
0: possibly remember the A and the B story of every episode? I know there's people out there that can do it. I have a terrible memory... I don't know what I was thinking, and uh, I, I rewatched a couple of episodes in season one after we did the, the episode. I'm like, wow, we really, you know, we missed some stuff. So this time, for our reference, we're going to use Memory Alpha, which is my one of my favorite websites. It is the Star Trek Wikipedia <coughs> Um. <laughs> You know, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg said that he used memory alpha a lot when he was writing awesome. the new Star Trek movie. That's so, awesome. it's a very wonderful I'm, tool.
1: Sorry, I almost went on a tangent again.
0: Well, that's okay. What's your tangent?
1: Well, the movie is coming out soon, right? And uh
0: They're filming right now. It's going to be a, it's going to be next, Okay, well, my
1: point is is that uh there's this contest going on for a walk-on role, oh, I've that's bought right. you and I in both entries. <laughs> Just FYI. You what? Um, I've bought you and you i You bought both us both entries? <laughs> entries. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> so, and you're, you get to bring a friend at least. So, oh my god! Remember, if you win, this is you're why taking we're besties. Yeah. Of course, I am. Oh my god! <laughs> and if I win, I, I'm taking you. Um, but, oh, that's uh, awesome. And my end game with this, though, the real reason I want to do it is because I love Simon Pegg so <laughs> much. I just want to meet him. I want to talk to him. I love Simon. If you somehow listen to this, please, can I just talk to you for like 10 minutes? <laughs> please. I have so much to say to you. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Um, yeah, Simon
0: Pegg is awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked about this movie. Idris Elba is going to be the villain.
1: I know. You have to watch these videos. Oh, I watched it. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah.
0: Uh, for Omaze. They're doing this yeah, like, charity for Omaze, fundraiser. Yeah,
1: That's what the, the entries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About. yeah I watched yeah. it. I
0: didn't buy one yet because I was like, oh, I'm going to buy one later.
1: $10 entries. And you
0: already bought one for yeah, me. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: That's really cool.
0: Um, yeah, so, you know, if you haven't seen this yet, they're doing, like, a behind-the-scenes video for Omaze for the new Star Trek movie, and And they're it's great very causes, charming. you guys, so yeah, you should causes.
1: just do it anyway, um, even if you don't care as much as we do.
0: Which you probably don't, but, but that's okay. Uh, Some of yeah. you might. Some of you care more than we do.
1: Uh, yeah, I bet a lot yeah. of people do.
0: My goal right now is to have enough people listening to the podcast that they'll correct all the mistakes that I'm making when I'm talking about it's Star good. Trek. It's good.
1: It's a learning experience for everyone. You c- I, I'm so excited
0: I fact-checked myself after the first episode and I did get a couple things wrong which I'll correct when we get there today the biggest thing that I got wrong was uh, in episode two of, of the podcast I was quoting my favorite line from that episode where oh, they have like oops, the roof strong species. species yeah where they have like the the net and they catch uh, Riker but it was actually Sorry Wrong Species.
1: <laughs> I rewatched
0: that episode recently, and and it was Sorry Wrong Species. I even named the podcast episode Oops Wrong Species.
1: Whoops. Oops. Wrong title. <laughs> Oopla. <laughs> That's okay.
0: I mean, cool, the point whatever. of this is to have fun and be enthusiastic about something that we love. The point is not to— Yeah,
1: don't be a hipster about it.
0: Oh, I'm a hipster about it.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm just, you know, the point. the point is not to get all up in arms about, you know— what is the point? I'm trying to say what the point is. I don't there, even know. Why does there have to be There's a There's no point. point. We're just doing it because it's we're fun. We're doing
1: it because we're fans and we like talking yes. about this. And you know. And we
0: created a new fan.
1: Yeah. We, we have created. We've done good. Uh, yes. Yes. Other Audrey. Other Audrey sounds weird. Um, but Audrey, <laughs> you're going to love it. Stay in it for the long haul.
0: It's like when my friends call my mom Susan. I'm just like, who's Susan? She's mom.
1: I, my mom is Mommy McMom in my phone.
0: That's awesome. My dad and my phone is Dad (laughs) Plaque. Because
1: because my phone
0: combined two phone numbers, one that was Dad and one that was Michael Plaque. And it was like
1: Dad Plaque. It was like Dad Michael (laughs) Plaque. And I'm like,
0: oh, Dad Plaque. So I just took the microphone All right. So season two, the distinguishing factors of season two. I shouldn't have
1: had any whiskey. I'm going to have more, though.
0: (laughs) Go for it. I.
1: Uh, I just had a ladies quick... and gentlemen, if I get drunk, it's only better for you guys, just um, so you know.
0: That quick sip of whiskey is all I needed to get, get me going, and now I'm all, on, all about this green tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See,
1: this is so telling of us. It is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so in season two, they made a couple of small changes. Seasons one and two are really very similar <laughs> in tone. The biggest change is that Dr. Crusher is gone, and they've replaced her with Dr. Pulaski.
1: Pulaski. Yeah. Which I hated when I first saw her, but... She grew to be a very beloved character for me. I
0: really like Dr. Pulaski. She doesn't get the credit that I think that she is due. She
1: brought a really interesting dynamic to the crew, to the bridge crew, you know?
0: The problem with her dynamic is that they completely recreated the dynamic of Dr. Bones. Dr. Bones. Dr. McCoy. Bones from... from Star Trek I'm gonna call him Dr. Bones from now on (laughs)
1: Uh, so McCoy McCoy is
0: like an angsty like angry doesn't want to use the transporter like kind of woodsy sort of uh guy he's the same exact character as Dr. Pulaski have I
1: witnessed this already why don't I remember this was I don't know that original series did you watch oh, the original no, series no no, no. see I don't give it I haven't seen any of the original
0: series you're about to say I don't give a don't shit, give about, a the shit about the
1: original series I'm gonna go ahead and say it I you, don't you care. would
0: if you'd seen it you would so Dr. Pulaski's great she's very similar to bones and Gene Roddenberry <laughs> kind of wanted to replace Dr. Crusher with someone who was more similar to bones uh so why I, is I that, don't know why, why is that why? bad
1: why is that bad well, Tell because me.
0: it's like I mean if you're doing something new, do something new, don't rehash. Well, they... I mean,
1: but it is a good dynamic to inject into it. Just as someone just the... as an outsider, I I mean, as someone who hasn't watched the original series mm-hmm. like I don't know who Bones is, you know, like I can I can appreciate it for the new dynamic that it is. I guess. Interesting. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, I never had a problem with that. What
1: the shit, man?
0: That tea just went all over the table.
1: I, <laughs> why are we drinking out of such tiny cups? Because I'm a pretentious <laughs> piece of shit. They're so little.
0: I got my Gaiwan, my little bamboo tea board. Jesus Christ. I got my little mini cups. Ugh.
1: This you're is disgusting like, you 're horrible, um, I love you you're great <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so and a big part of why the dynamic with Bones worked is because it was the triumvirate of like bones McCoy, god, he's the same person, Bones, Spock, and Kirk, like the three of them were just so interesting and dynamic together, and
1: you don't find just, that it, dynamic being captured with Pulaski
0: well i mean they're they're putting one third of the that dynamic into a show that <laughs> is completely different i mean. Picard is so different from Kirk. They're not even close to being similar. The way that they command, the way that they talk, it's not even close. I mean,
1: so I hear. Like, (laughs) Kirk
0: is like this cavalier cowboy, and Picard is like the consummate general, you know? Is
1: Kirk more of a Riker?
0: Kirk is much more of a Riker, absolutely.
1: cool.
0: And there there isn't really anyone on the original series who's like Picard. Uh, That's
1: what makes him so special. Picard is
0: like the philosopher king. He's the explorer. He's, you know... He's just a wonderful man. I just love him so much. We
1: <laughs> love him so much.
0: Uh, and I still don't quite understand why they got rid of Doctor Crusher. Obviously, it didn't work I, out, sure and they brought her back.
1: there's some internal drama there yeah. that we're not privy to.
0: You know what? Uh, William Shatner just released a documentary. I haven't seen it yet. It just came out uh, called "Chaos on the Bridge," where he did a documentary about the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, which is fascinating. Like Captain Kirk, the man who played Captain Kirk, doing wow. a documentary about season one of Next Generation. Uh, and I read a little bit about it. Uh, the gist of what happened, the gist of what it's about is that Gene Roddenberry was maybe kind of losing it a little bit as far as uh, getting really, really caught up in the idea of who he was. and, Like
1: like personally? personally? Like in his personal life?
0: Where he had started to believe his own rhetoric about how he was kind of ushering forth this new golden age of humanity and maybe got, like his Yikes. ego got a little bit blown out Yikes. of control. And it also talked a lot about his lawyer who was bringing notes to the set. And this is something that I'd heard before. Uh, I don't remember where I heard this, but a lot of the notes were coming to the set from Gene Ronberry through his lawyer. And the cast had started to question if it was even Gene Ronberry writing them. Uh, And all of the notes would be in the lawyer's handwriting, and it would just get weirder and weirder. And his influence on the show was actually becoming maybe a little bit toxic towards what the show was trying to be. Um, I don't know if any of this is true. I've heard a little bit of this before, and I do know... For, I do know that as his influence dwindled on Next Generation, the show blossomed. Like seasons three through seven, uh, Rick Berman and Michael Piller were really the people running the oh, show. I had
1: no idea. Yeah.
0: I mean, credit where it's due, Gene Roddenberry is a genius. And everything that was great about the original series was, you know, mostly – I mean, everything that's great at the core of Star Trek comes from his mind. The idea that humanity is growing into this ultimate version of itself, yeah. by putting that out there – you're kind of like paying it forward in a way. God, pay hey, it! I said that out loud. I said yeah, pay it forward. That's yeah, gross. Said, what,
1: what's wrong with that?
0: I don't know that movie. Ugh.
1: I didn't watch that movie, but I think it's a lovely idea. Whether or not the movie yeah. was horrible, but anyway, that's... I,
0: I liked the movie, but it was a little too on the nose. Was it preachy? It, I don't know. It's been was a long time since I saw it. School special
1: because I hate that.
0: Uh, I didn't like the way that it ended. I, I really liked it a lot until the way that it ended, and then I felt like it went too far. I
1: don't know how it ended. Don't tell me anything. Let's talk about Star Trek. Yeah, let's talk about Star Trek. But so um, anyway, so if you want
0: to get, uh, we should watch this chaos on the chaos on the bridge thing before we, we do the next one and yeah. talk about it some more. Maybe we'll get an insight into why they thought Crusher wasn't working. But the I, only
1: thing about my only qualm about watching something like that is, um, is I don't like any, I, I don't like anything um, uh, influencing my opinion until right. I'm done with watching the entire series. So I might not watch Interesting. it until I'm done with the entire series. It's like my same thing with trailers. I don't want to know what anyone thinks about anything. I don't want the trailer to tell me like, how to feel about a movie. I just want to go and watch it blindly and see what happens.
0: I think that's great. And so, I think the one reason where you could get away with it in this case is that seasons one and two are, in my opinion, almost a different show. So the really, story Really? I just
1: didn't find them that different, I guess. Really?
0: Oh, they're so different to me. The lighting changes, the music changes, no, the editing changes. No, I'm sure, sure, changes. sure.
1: Visually, sure, but I guess the just stories, stories are
0: so different.
1: Man, it's been a while, but I think i am I'm just like really caught up on 3, 4. I'm in 5 right now. Uh-huh. And uh season 4 is like Amazing so television. Good. I know. Oh, my God. Season three is where it starts getting good, and season four is, like, incredible television.
0: If Next Generation had stayed with what it was doing in seasons one and two, I don't think it would have become the cultural no, phenomenon it became. not at all. Uh, not at all. I think season, season three is where they turn the corner. Uh, well, let's let's get into the episodes. Yeah, let's, do, let's it. do it. So the first episode in season two is called The Child. Uh, so I'm just going to read the uh, Memory Alpha... Synopsis: Counselor Troy is shocked to find out she's pregnant. Wesley Crusher is weighing his options for the future with the help of the mysterious proprietor of the ship's lounge. Ten forward. Of course, they're talking about the one and only Guinan.
1: Guinan! Yes! I Guinan. love her so much. I
0: told—we got to talk about just the fact that Guinan's the best Guinan for a second is here.
1: Guinan <laughs> shit. I want her to be my bartender down at Crescent when I go over there, oh, so I can just talk so to good. her about stuff i like, tell me what to do, Guinan. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. She'd know exactly.
0: You just ask her, like, who are you? And she says, I'm Guinan. I tend bar. And I listen. (laughs) And that's it! Guinan played by Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Who was a friend of LeVar Burton. uh, And she's the reason that LeVar Burton did the show. Because she was a big fan of the original Star Trek. Especially the fact that there was a, a black woman on the bridge, Lieutenant Uhura. And she found that really inspiring. So... They kind of wrote this part for her because she was such a big fan and she had, you know, been a part of the reason that like Geordi LaForge was even on the show. So they wrote this part for her and she agreed to do it. And she is on the show for the rest of its run. Uh, She's not in every episode, but she in a lot of ways is a big part of the core cast. She shows up in a couple of the movies. She has um, She's
1: had really important like plot like story roles, too.
0: Absolutely. Especially with Q with I don't Q, know what
1: season.
0: Uh, that episode is great. Where she stabs Q in the hand with a fork, <laughs> so dope. <laughs> and, so dope. Uh, the episode in season three, yesterday, yesterday's Enterprise. She has this sort of sense about the universe. They don't really ever explain it too much, but you know, she can tell when there's some sort of temporal, is spatial she also distortion part of going an on. Empath-
1: an empathic race.
0: She's an Orion. She's part of this race that has basically been wiped out by the Borg. Uh, she has some sort of some sort of empathic sense. They don't really say what it is. She can feel... She's like Yoda. She can just feel the universe.
1: Wow, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she just tends bar on the ship. Um.
1: Yeah. So cool.
0: Guinan! Yeah. And she's kind of... So this of, is
1: where we meet Guinan. Yeah. Season 2, episode 1.
0: Yeah. And she, she's in a lot of ways stealing the thunder from Counselor Troy, as far as being the ship's counselor because... You yeah. just want to talk to your bartender. Yeah,
1: yeah, but that's, you know, it's a good – there is a huge difference between Troy and Guinan.
0: Right. So 10 forward is also introduced in this episode, which 10 forward is my favorite place on the Enterprise. And yes, I have a favorite place on the Enterprise. Yeah,
1: that's super nerdy. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, it
0: means deck 10 forward, uh, like, you know, fore and aft on a ship. Okay. So it's on deck 10 at the front of the ship, and it's just a wall of windows looking out into space. It's a, a bar, lounge sort of place where the people go to relax and drink synthahol because they don't drink alcohol anymore. Yeah, you can't get
1: drink drunk on anymore. the Enterprise.
0: You can, but you got to have a bottle of Romino and Ale that you're, like, hiding away under your bed.
1: <sighs> That's fucked. Sorry, I'm not into that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, I guess in the future... In the future they, they talk about how they don't need alcohol, you know, they don't need to get drunk because they're happy with their lives. <laughs>
1: that is the biggest I mean, that's load my interpretation. Of shit that I've ever heard. But <laughs> the funny thing
0: is that they can all drink, you know? Like there's a lot of times where they end up having to drink blood wine with Klingons or Romulan ale or uh Aldebaran whiskey and So they, they're they can breaking all...
1: the rules. There's something going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On. It's not necessarily <laughs> it's
0: not necessarily like a rule, it's not like prohibition. It's but just, they
1: just they don 't serve it at
0: ten forward The replicators do not make alcohol, okay. and most of what they drink is replicated, but Guinan, uh collects all sorts of weird bottles of of liqueurs from all over the galaxy Ooh. that she serves, so she has alcoholic <laughs> stuff back there it 's just not you know something she normally serves
1: okay uh, all right all right yeah, cool.
0: Uh, the main story in this episode is that counsellor Troy is suddenly pregnant, and it 's like this star baby.
1: And she's, like, cool with it. I remember that happening and yeah. I her being just like, yep, I'm pregnant. What's going on now?
0: I think that's because the, <laughs> the, the star creature that impregnates her makes her okay with it. I think oh, it releases, okay. like, these endorphins in her. Right. It makes her feel the maternal spirit towards this child. Uh, the, the main, like, long story short, it's this creature that wants to learn about our society by being born as a child in our society But he's accidentally doing something that's going to destroy the Enterprise, so he has to leave. Uh, Yeah,
1: it was totally not his fault. Not his fault. Yeah, he didn't mean to be horrible.
0: Yeah, he's a nice guy. Kind of a weird episode. It was originally written, like, the bones of this episode were written for the original series. And it was a script that never got made, so they brought it back. I
1: didn't know
0: that. Yeah, and it was kind of bizarre that they made it the first episode of the season. It's, I mean, first of all, like, Troy... They didn't really know what to do with her in season one, so to kick off season two with a Troy story is ballsy. I mean, even Marina Surtis thought it was, so. I thought the it was one of the Troy. more
1: interesting stories, though.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't dislike it at all. Uh, it's, it's a little weird, but I like it. I like the fact that when Riker finds out that Troy is pregnant, he's like, "What." Who are you fucking? I thought I thought you were waiting for me for all eternity until I'm ready to settle down. You know, he looks at her
1: with this look in his eyes like that. I don't know. The reason I like that episode is because it is really out of left field. Uh-huh. Um, however, it just reminds me of like a Twilight Zone episode, you oh, know, totally. like it's really cool. It's like got this Twilight Zone, Outer Limits feel where it's like, what if this thing happened?
0: You yeah, know? <laughs> like, totally.
1: So um, I guess, you know, it was detached enough from the actual, you know, arc of the bridge crew for me to just treat it as like this cool theoretical yeah. That, like, you know, just made me think, like, what if I got pregnant from some weird star being? Oh, yeah. And yeah. A, <laughs> a huge part of
0: that that makes it Twilight Zone is that the baby is born within, like, she gets pregnant and the baby's born within, like, a day or something. Yeah, and then it and becomes then he a young. Really
1: like, an eight year old by
0: day two or three that, it, that he's alive.
1: Yeah. So I really liked it. Um, but it was cool. When
0: I watched it this time, I just watched it recently. Right. It's like, oh, my God, she's, like, been impregnated by something against her will. That made me a little uncomfortable. It's something right. I didn't think about as a kid, but the fact that she's okay, I mean, I think that's why Riker looked at her like he was so upset because he's very protective of Troy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's it's a little strange. I think that yeah. they do a good enough job of making you realize that she's okay with it and that it is like a benevolent creature who's impregnating her to, to sell it and pull it off.
1: Right, right. But, you know. Yeah. They kind of made it seem less like it was against her own will.
0: Yeah, that's definitely yeah. true. Uh, other, there's two other things that happened in this episode that are very, very memorable. The first being Dr. Pulaski meeting Data.
1: She's such a fucking dick about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. Um, you know, these questions need to be asked at a certain point, you know? Questions like what? Questions like, are you a actual living being? I know that yeah. we said that you were. I know that it was decided by law that you were. But come on, let's get real. Are you?
0: It has not been decided by law yet.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they set that I, in, up in, in this episode. episode. Two, in episode two, I know that because that's the one that I watched today. In episode two, she said, I know that it's uh, on your record through um, Starfleet or whatever. Is it? Is that right? Starfleet? Starfleet, yeah. Um, that you are they've decided that you're alive. So I know that that has been somewhat established in his past.
0: But they have not decided yet that he is sentient and control, in control of his own being because that happens in this season in okay. The Measure of a Man. Right, right, right. Yeah. I
1: love that episode.
0: So, I know. That episode Such a good is
1: episode.
0: brilliant and I have yeah. a lot to say about it. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. But I feel like season two, if you boil it down to what really matters about season two, it could be the episode Measure of a Man. And they set up uh, the whole argument of that episode, whether or not Data is Ascension being in the first episode of the season. Okay. I, re- I so wonder if they it did really that on purpose. like you know?
1: an, an over – it is a it's long arc. It's an in this yeah, season. it is yeah. a long arc.
0: Yeah. Uh, really making Data more of the – Data's humanity more of the focus – Because having the character who has no humanity, searching for his humanity, and then questioning whether or not he has it at all. I mean, that is so Uh, fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's so cool.
0: And to me, that is the, you know, a big part of how I define good science fiction is taking something through the the lens of technology or the future um, or alternate timeline or something that has something to do with science, using that lens to look at our current society and examine it. That, right. to me, is what I love about science fiction. And right. Data is the character that they do that with the most. So the other memorable thing that happens in this episode is... Oh, sorry, i got to giggle for a second.
1: <laughs> just talk about how he's an ensign now.
0: Yeah, the other memorable thing that happens... To...
1: <laughs> I don't think you could pull this off. Okay, I can so... do this.
0: <laughs> I can do this. All right, I'm just going to explain what's going on now. Okay. So my, my audio dropped out, and we realized after about four or five minutes of talking that we lost a little bit, we had to go back and now we're trying to recreate it, but I, know, I can't. He was
1: going to try to deceive you guys. I was going to try to like edit
0: this together. So you couldn't tell, but I just can't.
1: <laughs> anyway, I just can't Wesley's bring an ensign it. now. That's the whole point. Yes.
0: That's what we're trying to talk about. The He's fact that Wesley's now an acting ensign. They had that goofy scene at the end of the episode yeah. <laughs> where, um, they're like, well, who's going to help him in his studies and who will tuck him in at night if his <laughs> mother's not here? Cause he decides to stay yeah, on the yeah. ship. Um,
1: and uh, my most memorable thing about Wesley from season one to season two is the fact that he's got those giant shoulder pads now because he's a man now.
0: <laughs> and the only way you can tell if someone's yeah. a man, there's two ways. One is a bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. and two is shoulder pads. It yeah. <laughs> yeah, was funny so the first time. Yeah, it
1: was really funny the first time. I wish you guys had heard it because it was super funny. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, those shoulder pads are out of control. <laughs> I love them, but it was just really jarring.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. But I kind of like his outfit. Like, I sort of want that. Cool, the gray one? Like, that gray top that he's wearing.
0: Yeah. It's Vick. better than the rainbows he was wearing in yeah. season one. Yeah. All right, well, I, let's... I
1: really like the rainbows, though.
0: I like the rainbows, too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I I like Wesley in season two in general.
1: Yeah. He's, I... he's more useful.
0: Yeah. I mean, the idea that people get so annoyed by Wesley. I don't
1: get that. I like Wesley.
0: I, I get annoyed by Wesley eventually. Oh. By the time that he leaves the show I'm ready for him to leave. But at this point in the show I like him, you know? Like I said in the first episode, the whole thing with the traveler, him being this
1: yeah.
0: uh, savant child, I really the liked Mozart of the Mozart. Yeah, just putting it in those terms made me yeah. really enjoy his character. Now my computer's frozen and it won't go to the next page. Oh
1: man. Computer. Computer,
0: Computer go to next page. It didn't work. I'm sorry, man. You know, whenever I uh, talk to my cell phone and I say, like, okay, Google, show me the directions <laughs> to the Gary Manuel Aveda Institute. You know, I don't know why I picked that. But I feel like I'm on Star Trek every time I talk to
1: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. except you said that whole thing about going to Aveda, which is...
0: It's because I, I got my haircut today. <laughs> Dude,
1: you look so good. Oh, thank you. It's, like, distracting. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Well... <laughs> Have you seen my crotch? No, can
0: the uh, can the mic pick up my blushing?
1: Oh, shut up! He doesn't blush. He knows. He knows. Okay, come on. Me... Okay, so what's the next episode? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that you out. You know, if you had an iPhone, it'd be working properly. That's why Siri is better than Okay Google. Dude,
0: Siri doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about.
1: I'm sorry, but every time I've never. Every time I need to know something, Siri has always been able to tell me exactly what I need to know.
0: Whenever I talk to Siri, she gets it wrong. And when I talk to Google, it gets it right.
1: I I, I don't know, man. Every Android phone that I've used OK Google on has been fucking complete and utter shit. Really? I'm going to say it. Like, I've had the exact never opposite never experience. worked for me. Siri, I guess it's just I know how to talk to him or her. I mean, mine's yeah. set as a guy, but yeah.
0: Well, episode two. Episode two. Where silence has lease.
1: Okay, so that's the one that I just watched again. Yeah. You want to tell us about it? I don't even need to look at the. This is
0: one of my favorite so, like, episodes guys, I don't need to look at the description they like
1: see this weird like black like hole not a black hole but like this weird hole in space like ahead of them and they like scan it and they're like dude the scanners say that it's like not anything like literally it's nothing there's like no no space it's a void yeah, in it's space it's like not anything and they're like let's shoot a probe into it and they're like cool and so they shoot a probe into it and <laughs> I love this description fucking, keep going and uh, like Worf is like freaking out, right? So like Wharf is like there's like a legend in Klingon Lore that's like, you know, there's like a thing that eats ships out there, and that's why I'm freaking out. And they're like, dude, chill out. So they send this probe out there, and the probe like just disappears and doesn't send anything back. And they're like, the fuck? And then somehow they end up inside of it. And they yeah, can't get out.
0: They're trying to turn around and get out of the way yeah. and it envelops them.
1: Yeah, it just takes them over totally.
0: Yeah, and- that my <clears throat> I love the way that they set it up because Worf is afraid of it. Yeah. And they do this too much on the show where they use Worf, who's supposed to be this like big strong Klingon, to really sell that something is strong or scary. But But then he just looks like a pussy all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's already got a vagina on his forehead, you know.
1: Um, Not that feminism is weak, people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Well, if Worf can be weak, then... Aren't we all a little bit vulnerable? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: The the thing from this episode that haunted me as a kid is uh, they get sucked into this void and it has a consciousness. It's this creature called Negilum who has who, this really bizarre-looking face.
1: They just, like, made his this guy's eyes and mouth really big. He was really... <laughs> It was yeah. funny. I'm sorry. It looked He's, like one of those greeting cards that you get at Target with like he, I thought it was scary. He's like this weird,
0: like simian looking thing. Yeah. I think that they it looks like they had some face that they drew and then they kind of projected distorted eyes and mouth into it, maybe. Yeah. Uh it's got a really interesting look to it, but Nigilum is this like hyper intelligent, lonely being who lives inside of this void, or maybe is the void somehow. But he just wants to learn about uh are s- humans and he he doesn't it's like understand It's a laboratory it's a laboratory exactly yeah
1: it's a laboratory we are lab That's rats what pulaski like ended up yeah hypothesizing was that it was like a laboratory and and then it turns out that these guys are just really just seeing what we're about and how we deal with this like idea of death because they're right. not they don't know anything about death like right. they they don't cease to exist ever right yeah. And, I
0: mean, who knows if there are others of his race. They don't yeah. go into that at all. Uh, yeah. But before you even meet Nagilum, there's some really cool, scary stuff where they're in this void and they see a mirror ship. Um, and they think it's the Yamato, which is their sister ship. And the, the Yamato comes up a couple times because if they have a model of the Enterprise, it's cheaper to say, oh, there's another ship out there. It looks yeah. just like us. <laughs> yeah. um, so they think it's the Yamato and they beam over to it. And, like, when they walk out of one side of the room, they come back in the other side of the room. Like, it's a Mario level. Yeah. Uh, It's this weird, like, circular
1: reality. Like, cyclical reality. Because I remember at one point, Wesley's like, what if we... No, no. Data's like, what if we release a beacon and then try to fly away from it so that we could see how fast we're going? Because they're in this void, so they can't really get a sense of how fast they're going at all. There's nothing to measure that against. So, like, they release this beacon... And they fly away from it as fast as they can, and then they see it ahead of them again. Yeah. And then Wesley's like, no, dude, we're still going away from it. That's what the computer says, you know? And, like, it's just – it's really cool. It's, like, a scary idea. I love those kinds of weird, like, weird realities because it, like – that to me is scary. Yeah. It's, like, in the first season how I was saying, like, you know – all of that stuff. Like, if you think you're descending into madness, that's really scary stuff. Right. Like. About that Crusher <laughs> yeah, episode in yeah. season four-ish, I think. Yeah. Uh,
0: so they finally meet Nagilam, and Nagilam wants... Like, he kills someone on the bridge. This is the thing that really haunted me. Oh, yeah. Just... I knew
1: that guy was going to die because oh, we had never seen him before.
0: Yeah. Do you know... I mean, you know about red shirts, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same,
1: same thing. He is yeah. the
0: consummate red shirt. Yeah. Some guy who shows up, <laughs> like a bridge officer that shows up, and, and he's wearing red, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... You've never seen him before. He's working the helm, and then he gets killed. Yeah, and he does that
1: weird, like,
0: hit, uh, like his head shaking around. He's holding
1: his ears. He's like, yeah. fuck, and then he's, like, dead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because this this uh, entity that lives in this void doesn't understand death, so he wants to see what it is. And then there's a great scene later on in the episode where Nagelum pretends to be Data so that Data can go and ask Picard what it means to die. Also,
1: um, Troy... And Troy, sends yes, Troy, you're right. Yeah, I fake Troy and data in there,
0: yeah, because Picard just wants to blow the ship up at this point. He's like, This thing's not going to let us go, I will not be a part of this experiment. I'm going to destroy the enterprise, yeah, which I'm sure that he meant that as a bluff, yeah, because I, it worked, yeah, you know, yeah, he bluffed totally his way out worked. of the situation, but he didn't tell anyone he was bluffing because you can't when you have an all knowing entity who's watching your every move, yeah, uh, but he really. You know, waits till the very last second to turn off the auto destruct.
1: Like forty seconds out, he's yeah. like, All right, shut that shit off. Yeah. Wesley is like at the very end, he's like, Wow, he really played that bluff to like right to the very end. Yeah. And, and Riker's like, Was he bluffing though? Yeah. And I in my head I'm like, Yes. <laughs> well, yes, he was.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode for so many reasons.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, a big part of it is that they really put Picard at the center of the action. They'd written themselves into a corner with the whole way that the the ship works because – You're not allowed to send the captain into dangerous away missions. Like in the first series, in the original Star Trek, Captain Kirk went on all the away missions. Like he was always in the line of fire. And people were always saying, that's ridiculous. You know, you don't send your captain into the line of fire. That's why you have a first officer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in The Next Generation, Riker's always leading the away missions. Uh, So they started looking for more creative ways to put Picard in the center of the action. I recently read a memo written by... Uh, Patrick Stewart to Gene Roddenberry saying like in the most polite way possible he's like I love this show but don't you think we could do a little better with my character um, <laughs> and part of it was like I'm always stuck on the bridge in season one and still in season two there is a lot of like Picard watching an away team and asking them what's happening right. He's like Geordi, what's happening Yeah. tell me what's going on right now you know I can't be there, so you must be my eyes. There's a lot of that stuff going on, and they really move away from that by finding creative ways to put Picard in the center of the action. They really start doing it well, seasons three through seven. But this episode is one of the first times where you really get to see Picard do his shit, where he is making all the decisions. He has the lives of everyone on the ship in his hands, and he is gambling with all of their lives because he knows it's the way that he has the best chance to get out. Right. He's just such a competent guy. you know.
1: He's, he's super dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He really dealt with his shit this time around too, like in this episode. He's all like, the, you know, Troy and Data are just like, you shouldn't do this. I think you're doing the wrong thing. And he's all like. You're not, not Troy what, and Data. That's not what they would say at all. Yeah. <laughs> they would never come to me and tell me I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you also starts to set up the sort of trust that, they have with each other right which is very special and i mean gets even stronger and stronger as the season goes or the series goes along yeah when i was in college i took a death dying in the afterlife class for religious studies that's heavy and we had to talk about like how did you learn to think about death and deal with death and i raised my hand and i brought up this episode how did people
1: take that
0: (laughs) i don't know i was who cares who cares
1: yeah
0: uh I, had, I was, like, such a hippie back then. I had really long hair.
1: I know. I've um, seen pictures. It's so weird. I know I keep yeah. telling you I don't like long hair. It's probably really insulting to you when I'm like, Oh, I don't care. I don't like it. I'm... But you look so different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, you know, that, I'm, I'm hard to insult, except for when I'm easy you know, to insult. I try
1: really hard to insult you sometimes. It just yeah. doesn't work.
0: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this episode really, as a kid, I was very afraid of death. And this episode was hard to watch that scene where that guy is killed was a little traumatizing. I mean, I was like six or seven when I saw this for the first time. Uh, I
1: didn't realize how hokey it looked. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But then when Data asks Picard, what is death? And his answer is, you know, well, here's what humanity thinks it might be. Here's the traditional ideas. Like one is, you know, there's something like a heaven and two is like, maybe there's nothing and you just cease to exist. And then Data says, what do you believe? And he says something along the lines of, I think that with all the complexities of the universe, it must be option C, you know, something that we can't. Oh, God, that's so agnostic. No, 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 not at all.
1: (laughs) No, not at all agnostic. (laughs) Like he's saying that
0: I think that it is something that is beyond our realm of understanding, so how can we possibly define it? Because, you know, if we can't know and it could be, you know, with all the intricacies of the universe, Um. I refuse to believe it's as simple as these terms. Right. But we can't know, so maybe it's okay that we don't. And you right. can kind of trust
1: <clears throat>
0: trust in like the wonder that you've seen in the universe. That we don't know what death is, but you know, we just need to live. Like that's what I took from his speech.
1: Yeah, um, it's lovely.
0: It's it's really it great. It's
1: lovely, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it, it meant a lot to me as, as a kid. It helped me kind of deal with my fear of death. What really got me over my fear of death as a kid, because I used to be Really scared. Was the movie What Dreams May Come. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, I really liked that. Um, but I don't think I ever had that when I was a kid. I, I, yeah. I just decided that we like, linked out of existence from a very young age.
0: It was paralyzing for me for, for a yeah. short time as a child. Because when you really start to understand death.
1: I was, I was like, afraid of pain. Yeah. Yeah, not, not death necessarily.
0: Death can be the release from pain. Are you still afraid of pain?
1: Um I don't know. That's a good question. I guess I I don't really think about it which uh which, you know, kind of signifies a whole other slew of problems <laughs> that I have. <laughs> but yeah, I I um, you know, I don't know. I if I if I if I start ceasing to exist, I just don't want to know about it. So yeah, I guess I am afraid of pain a little bit. Hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Huh. It's a whole other conversation.
0: Yeah, totally. But, you know, a big part of why I like this show so much yeah. is that it brings up these conversations. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's do episode three, Elementary, Dear Data.
1: Boo! Whoa! Oh, I hate all of those episodes. God damn it! <laughs> what the fuck? You're kidding me. This is classic.
0: This is like a classic episode. Oh man. Okay. Oh
1: my god. Elementary,
0: Dear Data is the first Sherlock Holmes episode. Boo! This, uh, <laughs> Um, they hinted at this in season one that Data is kind of <laughs> learning all of the works of, like, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He's really into Sherlock Holmes.
1: I love Sherlock Holmes. I mean, I no, that's not true. I can't say that, actually. Never mind.
0: Well, when Geordie and Data are bored, they go on the holodeck and act out Sherlock Holmes right. with each other. and. I love it so much because, like, Data's best friend is the machine, you know, and he's watching a machine act out Sherlock Holmes, and you he mean, gets pissed. You mean,
1: uh, best friend is a machine.
0: Yes. Geordi's best friend is a machine. Yes, yeah. machine, is Data. Yeah. Um, and the Enterprise also is his other best <laughs> yeah.
1: friend. Oh,
0: shit. We didn't talk about the fact that Geordi was promoted to chief engineer in this Oh, season. yeah.
1: Go Geordi. Yeah. Which
0: really helps we his We touched character. on this a
1: little bit in the last episode yeah. with you and I, and, uh, yeah, it really brings it into a three-dimensional space. Yes. Yeah, it makes it real, and I really... really... Really like
0: that, yeah. Where you have someone who you follow pretty closely on a different part of the ship, yeah. Who is making things work.
1: It really gives things a sense of urgency when it also really goes down. Yeah,
0: for sure. It makes the ship feel more real and more alive. Uh, So they they go to hang out on the holodeck and play with some you know Sherlock Holmes stuff. And Jordy gets pissed because Data knows all the answers to all the mysteries. So he challenges the computer to create a nemesis that can defeat Data. And the computer creates a version of Professor Moriarty oh, that,
1: no, that, is, <laughs>
0: that is smart enough to defeat Data, who's the smartest person on the ship. So all of a sudden, like, the holodeck becomes an actually dangerous place to be because this computer program that's running as Moriarty on the, holo- on the holodeck um, has the mental capacity – beyond any of the humans on the ship and he is a real nemesis and he actually takes control of the ship i love this episode i love it so much i love it so much it's so much fun um the guy who plays moriarty was the butler on the nanny i think
1: i've never seen that
0: was it the nanny he's the butler on some tv show in the 90s that i didn't watch i have
1: no idea my brother slept with that girl fran drescher yeah that's what what yeah my older brother that's what he told me. I'm just gonna choose to believe it. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, how was she? Um, I don't know. What I was sort a of choices? told
0: <laughs> Did she make him bed?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's rude. I'm sure your lovely friend Rusher.
0: No, she's great. She made her whole career off of like having this <laughs> nasally voice. Good for her. You know, I'm sure that's not how she talks in real life. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, what sort of noises did you make in bed? Ask your brother. I'll
1: ask him. I'll ask him, and I'll report back on the next episode that I do. Um, I don't know, man. That episode, I just, I don't know. It was just so dumb. Maybe it was just a little too hokey for me. I just couldn't mm. deal. I just couldn't deal with it. Like- <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Oh, I don't know, man.
0: I love the idea that. It
1: just was too silly. I love the idea that the ship,
0: the ship is smart enough to actually turn against them if they program it incorrectly. There's that moment where they're having a meeting where, like, shit has gotten serious. And I think in the meeting, Geordi's still dressed as Dr. Watson. <laughs> and, and they're like, well, what happened? How did this happen? And then he realizes that his wording in saying, create a nemesis that's capable of defeating data – Is what caused the problem. It's a
1: computer, not a genie. Come on, you guys. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's also a great Pulaski episode because Moriarty kidnaps Pulaski and is holding her, uh, not for ransom, but to make the captain come talk to him because he wants off the holodeck. But he he
1: can't, right? He can't. He
0: realizes that he has a consciousness, you know? Well, first of all, the fact that a holographic character develops a consciousness was really interesting to me also. Uh, and they touch on this over and over again through the rest of Star Trek on TV, uh, the fact that holograms, you know, if they're active long enough, they might develop a consciousness. Like the Doctor on, on Voyager. Right. I mean, they don't talk about this on Enterprise because there's no holograms on Enterprise, but that's because right. it's a prequel and blah.
1: I get it. I'm- <laughs> uh,
0: okay friends we're gonna pause right there make sure you come back next week to hear the rest of this epic conversation about star trek the next generation season two so to end this episode i'm gonna play you a little bit of space music obviously my my favorite thing this is a track from my sci-fi album it's called seti alpha 5 and it's based off of star trek II: the wrath of khan we're keeping it in the star trek family so here we go hope you enjoy